You're listening to It's Still Happening, the ancestral healing podcast for those of us who are creating lives of freedom, abundance, and belonging in the world and for cultural change. It's me, Ash Johns, your guide, host, and hopefully inspirational muse, who also happens to be a spiritualist, coach, strategist, and water worshiper. If you've been questioning your purpose, noticing some reoccurring generational patterns in your own life, and desire healing, transformation, and forward movement, you're definitely in good company, my friend. Welcome to my show. Here we are again. Here we are again. It is still happening, and healing is also happening. And I'm glad to be back with you for Here We Are, Episode 7. So before we do our tune-in, as y'all know, and those of you who are just joining and don't know, you about to find out. Just want to set the stage, bring y'all into the space with me. So I'm actually not recording in my normal space of my office. I am upstairs in my bedroom. I'm bringing y'all into the bedroom. I can't sing. And I want it to be in the bedroom simply because I got a new amazing, beautiful bed and I love it so much that I want it to sit in that while I record this episode. And the interesting thing about it is I used to um, do a lot of work in my bed, especially when I lived in Bali. I loved, I had two bedrooms in my villa and so I would either work in my actual bedroom or in the spare bedroom because I loved the comfort. I loved how the sun came in. It was like indoor, outdoor living and I could just relax. And then I also realized that that really wasn't helpful as far as creating boundaries between working, working with spirit and then resting and sexing and all the other things. So I, I now put more clear lines, but sometimes it's good to come on over to old habits and just enjoy comfort. So that's where we are today. It is early morning again. The crack, actually Dawn hasn't even cracked yet, so it's not the crack of Dawn. And I did change things up in another way. I'm drinking peppermint tea instead of my usual Moroccan mint. Ziggy is still asleep, curled up in his doggy bed for a change. I think because I have a new bed He's like, I'm asleep in my bed then. Because <laughs> here's the truth. I have been sleeping on my mattress on the floor for like five months because I was waiting for this bed and this headboard and I refused to buy anything else. Sometimes, and all times actually, it's worth the wait when you know what you really want. That was my heart's desire to have this bed that reminded me of Bali and the beautiful carvings from over there so that's what we're doing um, I'm very relaxed as you can hear my voice I'm a little bit more sultry than usual I hope that's um, comforting for you <laughs> and to open up this episode before we do our tune in I'm actually drinking from um, a mug I forget the name of the creators I'll have to put it in the show notes or it will be in the show notes but with my team but it is it says 40 acres in a mill keep the mule which if you know when african americans and enslaved black americans in the united states were getting emancipated the promise from abraham lincoln was 
um, for all of the families, each family to get 40 acres of land and a mule so that they could be self-sustaining, plow the lands, get their own food, you know, so on and so forth. And when they were freed, that did not happen. Um, some people got it, a lot of people didn't, some people got it and then it was taken away from them by the original landowners because it was infringing upon the land that um, they would have to give up some of their land to share with the folks that they had previously enslaved for free or had working for them for free. So when I saw this mug, 40 acres in a mill, keep the mule, it symbolized making money in a way that is not working hard making money and abundant money abundant lifestyle a milli a milli a milli in a way that aligns with your abundance your purpose it has the the fruits of legacy the labor of legacy and your ancestors with you and so i really liked it i would love one day to say that my spiritual healing and high integrity business was abundant enough to make a million because I also know in this oppressive society having a million dollars or making an income of a million dollars with profit, which is another conversation, um, means that I can also distribute, be a bridge to distribute that wealth and that knowledge through me. So I've been really exploring my relationship to economy, up leveling my point of views Revolving my point of views on conscious business, which is an upcoming episode. But before I get any further, let's tune in because that's always good. And we'll get into today's topic. So wherever you are in the land, in the world, in your body, join me with five deep breaths. As you continue breathing with me, join me in this visualization, this tuning in, this tone setting, this invocation. What I'm seeing as I continue breathing and tune into the energy of this episode, I'm seeing dry land and I'm standing in the middle. I see me and those who are joining me in this episode and this listening and this intention setting using our breaths to blow and clear air across this dusty dry land. And as we blow, the air is moving out from the center across the lands in this like billowing smoke, if you will. <sighs> Blowing and clearing in a whole complete circle. The sun is out. It looks a little hazy like midday, but again, it's deserty. So it has that deserty like mirage energy going on. And while the land looks dry, it's actually well nourished and waiting to receive the words as tears, as nourishment, as tending that I'm going to share today. Maybe those lands are the ideas 
the thoughts, the desires that we all hold or that those who are listening are holding. But as I breathe and continue clearing the space and the land with everyone here and myself, I just ask for the words to land within the cracks of the soil in the most perfect way. That flow is happening. That rest is being enjoyed. That growth is going down. Understanding is being absorbed. Freedom is being lived. Patience is being offered and received. And that everyone with whom this episode touches your ears, <laughs> your heart, your spirit, that you are empowered enough to take what is best for you on your journey as you walk your path. And that whatever is not for you, you pass on to someone else or you just leave exactly where it is, where it came through. Hmm. Hmm. And now I see little blades of grass coming up. And there's moisture. Let's get started. Hmm. 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 And also, I'm seeing a lot of different shapes and faces. Again, they're, they're ancestors, they're spirits that are around the circle. They're kind of transparent, so that lets me know they're not just mine. Um, cool. Hmm. Protection and blessings on the intention of this episode. May it be held strong forever for people who are listening to this episode, weeks and days and months and years. May you be blessed. May my words be clear and not misconstrued. May the heart and the energy of this episode flow with ease and certainty and depth. And so it is. Mm, okay. So I wrote this episode and it's going to be fun. Uh, at the time of this recording, today is January um, 30th. It is the 30th. Oh my goodness, y'all. We are a whole month into 2021, the year of five. <laughs> and what I've been feeling, and if you follow me on Instagram at Ash Inspires, you will have been seeing this um, and reading it, but really unpacking a little bit more of why working with ancestors in your healing and their healing is so important for this cultural change and for your, you really embodying and living your own freedom this in this life, the reason why you're in this life. 
And so the title of this episode, which probably will change because this always happens. I like to title it. And then by the time it comes out, I'm like, oh, let's edit that a little bit. But when I wrote this and downloaded it, they gave me like four episodes at once. So I kind of wrote them all out. And then, and then I was like, all right, we'll record them over time. But the title of this episode is, uh, quit doing the heavy lifting of healing alone. Just start here. And why that's so important is I see so many people getting frustrated and tired and this grabby, this, um, yeah, I could just call it grabby, grasping at your healing approach because we're so desperate for freedom and reprieve and our empowerment and understanding and to not harm others even in our healing which is very hard to do, I would even say impossible. And the more that we experience our core wounds over and over and over again as perpetuated in our own lives and as passed on from our ancestors, um, it just recharges this energy of like, I want it to end. And so when we're in that energy of, I want it to end, I need this to stop, I need to break free, I wanna break the chains, I that I get that all the time. I want to break the chains. I want to heal this thing so that I can just, I just need it to stop. It, it, yeah, it basically creates this bubble of that energy and that desire now working against you because we cannot strong arm our healing or our ancestral healing. It's happening in real time and it happens over time, constantly spiraling and unfolding more and more and more and more. And so when you can identify the core wound in yourself and you make connection with ancestors, older ancestors who can show you that core wound and who have the power to call in the ancestors who inflicted or experienced the core wound to elevate the healing out, you'll understand that this is a collaborative thing. It's coming up, it's bringing us back into community consciousness with spirit, community relationship, community relating with spirit. And I really appreciate that because I'm grateful that we are called to do this work and that we are courageous and inspired to do it. And I don't want us to, again, continue with the same energy of, of individuality, individualism, and, and life in general. That is the product of oppression. That is the product of, or rather not even that's a product of oppression. That is oppressive to feel that you and you alone are responsible for such a big feat. Where if we all do a little bit together and we take responsibility for the part that is our own, we take leadership on our path for ourselves and that f spills over to other people, we get farther together, right? There's an actual African proverb, oh my goodness. <laughs> There's an actual African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I would arguably say within the context of modernity and today, that going fast alone might look like you're going somewhere, but you're just on a hamster wheel running in a circle. And sometimes that hamster wheel, you know, you really gets ricky, 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 you know, you might start really putting some miles on it. So it might inch forward a little bit with the momentum of your body weight and your efforts and all of that, but you're kind of not going anywhere. You're working up a sweat and moving no place fast. 
So this episode is really about invoking in the energy of what you're doing right now if you stay on this path and, and focus and open up to the timeline, the timelines of your healing, of your ancestral healing, of your ancestral connection. Things will happen so fast and also so slow, but it will always be perfectly timed. But if we're over-efforting, we're thinking that we are the only key to breaking the chain, that we have to hold the difference alone in our families and our communities and society, we're going to burn out. We're going to be overwhelmed. And that is a wound that continues to perpetuate. Our ancestors had wisdom on how hard to work and for what length of time. And those of us who have been, who are the descendants of folks who've been enslaved, those of us who are the descendants of people who immigrated here, we, we have been ingrained with the idea that hard work over efforting is the only way to get the fruits of your labor. And that's not true. That's only from the man's human pained life. The words are slipping me today, but I hope you feel the vibration of what I'm saying. Hmm. We've been conditioned to do that. And yes, people who are specifically trained um, in decolonizing work will have all of the right languages of breaking this down from an academia into institutionalized. <laughs> now it's just funny. Now it's just funny that I can't get words. But we'll have all the words of these different complexes, right? Industrial complex and the workforce and all of these things. And people can talk about that better than me. What I want to focus on is the energy and the insight that if you are strongholding your healing, your generational, ancestral, personal healing, you're just invoking your healing with the same oppressive energies that you're trying to break free from. So therefore, it's still happening. This is the reason why there's such a movement and interest in pleasure activism. Shout out to Adrian Marie Brown. Also, um, Pleasure, the book by Black Girl Bliss, I believe it is. I might be misquoting. Um, forgive me for that, sister, because, or Sib, I should say. Let me, let me actually pull it up. Yes. Black Girl Bliss has a great book, Pleasure. Mm -hmm, I did say it right. Radical self-care for wild women of color. Um, but yeah, Pleasure Activism, the book Pleasure by Black Girl Bliss, and others who also would take it all the way to pleasure as a principle for healing, self-healing essentially is what I'm saying, is the flip side of pleasure can be the medicine, rest could be the medicine, shout out to Nat Ministry, the medicine that we need in order to unravel how things have been woven into our energy bodies and the body, energy bodies of our ancestors and then in the energy bodies of ourselves and then into our physical body and then into our mental body, into our emotional body, into our belief system, into our culture, yeah? So this is a call to not strong arm, right? Strength is not the only tool we have. In fact, when you get into spiritual work, it's probably the least used tool or skill because there's other ways of approaching um, strength. <laughs> that sounds funny. I just talked in a circle, but you get what I'm saying. I believe so. So let me share with you some of the more common core wounds I, uh, 
I see. Core wounds relating to trust, trusting people, trusting yourself, trusting the world. Core wounds of self-doubt, unworthiness, not enoughness, inconsistency, non-committal, non-commitment, fear of missing out before we were thinking of FOMO, but really like it's if I don't take advantage of this, I'm going to miss this. Like there's only so many doors and so many opportunities, right? You understand what that connects to. Lack. Fear of failing, I need to prove myself, it needs to look this way. Only excellence is how I'll get acceptance or move forward in the world. The core wound of being without, going back to being without, meaning you have experienced real lack in your life or your ancestors have experienced real lack and being afraid of going back to that. This is actually a core wound that really uh, sparked this work because I was working with entrepreneurs and successful people. I'm talking about people who do have millions and millions of dollars and the way they would run their business and run their lives um, was was really based on unknowingly, unconsciously being afraid of losing everything. So their business deals, how they dealt with people, how they wanted to belong and have close relationships, but then they would push people away thinking that they would take their money or they were only there for their money, that they would go back to being poor or my grandmother, my grandfather, my great whoever, whoever, the third worked really hard to get to this country and I don't want our family to ever be without. We have a name to withhold, so on and so forth, right? And from the context of black folks, um, I've definitely had moments myself and also, not that the other one wasn't in the context of black people, but I want to point something out within those of us who are survivors and we have made strides of creating comfort and stability in our lived life knowing that we come from ancestral patterns of being without and so once you get out and you have a home and you have the job and the things you now want to get on the conveyor belt because you never want to go back so yeah that fear of being without or going back to being without is a real one and of course the core wound of unrequited love of giving your heart giving your love to someone and then it not being reciprocated yeah Mm. I'm going to take a moment to just think about what your core wounds might be. And a lot of times we'll talk about core wounds within the context or the language of what we do not want to happen or what we are, yeah, what we're afraid of or the symptoms, um, the symptoms or the exchanges in different scenarios of your day-to-day life. But if you look at the scenarios and the symptoms of the core wound, just look underneath that and you'll be able to to see what's going on. Let me see if I can give y'all an example. Mm. Here's one in my own life. This healing is currently happening. I've been talking about masculine and men, but I'm going to give y'all another one that is healing in my life. I'm doing the personal work and the ancestral work with my folks they're doing a good job too i was speaking with my coach the other day and as we were unpacking my mind around acknowledgement and uh being seen in visibility because the more visible i become one part of me is like 
tap dancing on a table. Like I've always loved speaking and commanding a crowd and being the center of attention. Like that has never been, and not in this like, gimme, gimme, gimme attention, just like it's natural. It's natural for me to speak and stand up and do these things. And people always turn their heads and notice me in a room and cling to my words. And I had a core childhood wound that was actually inflicted from my brother, shout out to him, because <laughs> we've actually talked about this, where as I was shining, one time he really shut me down. He was just like, this is not the Ashley show, you know, da, 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 da. And I, I really internalized that. And so sometimes that wound will come up. Healing is happening because I know that the greatest exchange for my work isn't always money. I've always had money coming and going and flowing. It's more so the acknowledgement of the impact or the appreciation for it that really fills me up. Acknowledgement is my, is my medicine. And so healing is happening because sometimes I don't need that. I acknowledge my own damn self and we good to go, whether anyone else does it or not. And it's great to know that that is something that I enjoy receiving. It does something for me. So the way this core wound, which is actually not acknowledgement, that was the desire. The desire and the need for me is acknowledgement, but the core wound was actually trust, specifically trust of men, the masculine. So we're still coming around to the same topic, I see. <laughs> and that was when I'm in my shine, I'm going to be not acknowledged, I'm going to be shut down, and specifically by men. And you can look at that again from a personal perspective. That was my personal lived experience. Therapy will get you this. Coaching can get you this potentially if you're unpacking why you are resisting your own visibility and your own greatness. Ask me how I know. But then even after taking steps with a coach and talking to therapists, talking to my brother about this particular situation and, you know, moving differently in my body and in my life, I still kept feeling this fear, this, um, I can't trust. I can't trust that someone isn't going to shit on me when I'm my greatest. <laughs> Truth is someone's always going to shit on you, but someone who you care and you're, you're close to was my specific deep wound, which when I took it to the ancestors, which they're actually talking about it right now, helping me to pull the, the pieces together and how I'm allowed to share this. They showed me the times where women and my lineage were being their true, authentic, glorious, glowing, smiley, happy, carefree, empowered self. And then a man was like, you need to simmer down. A man that they loved in their family, who at some point was being, was driven by a little bit of jealousy, but also had the energy of protection. That if you are not seen and seen as shiny and so bright, then you'll be safe. I'd rather you be safe than seen. And those of us who have ancestral backgrounds that resonate with this message, you usually know it within the playing out within the context of mothers and children, especially those of us who had children who were um, or have ancestors who were enslaved in this country. And those of us who have ancestors who were in situations where there was a lot of sexual abuse, trafficking, um, ripping families apart, uh, marrying off young children to grown men, right? Those type of dynamics. 
And so this whole, I'd rather you not be seen and safe or your shine is taking up too much space by a man was the, is the core wrong. Isn't that interesting? The way we usually talk about it is, oh, I'm, I'm not getting what I need. People aren't acknowledging me. People don't appreciate what I'm doing. Fuck people, blah, 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 blah. When all along, you really do require the acknowledgement. And you won't allow yourself to be seen and to trust when people are acknowledging you because of this reoccurring wound that's now been um, validated in your own lived experience. When you listen to this episode, let me know if that comes through clearly and you get what I'm saying, if it's resonating. I'd love to know. I'd love to know. Because there, as I as I say, and this shouldn't be new to you by now, but maybe it is. This might be your first time listening to me, so let me remind myself that. <laughs> Most of the times, you don't hold these core wounds on your own. Your life validates them, and then you continue living in protective ways that your ancestors or your family or your friends or society or other women right have told you have shown you how to deal with these core wounds they've been passed down they are being perpetuated and the energy of them allows the same and similar scenarios to play out in your own life giving yourself further evidence that your fear is real that this wound is real so make no mistakes about it ancestral healing and ritual work is energy work and when you do ancestral healing meaning let me find this wound in my lineage let me go and heal this wound with the ancestor who first experienced it and now let me come and let that energy flow through the lineage and to me and allow me to do my healing of that wound outside of my body as well as my personal development mindset work therapy work so that i can hold that new healing that new energy that new belief in my body and in my behaviors and in this world today. That's what I mean by ancestral healing. So again, we cannot strong arm our healing and we cannot strong arm our ancestral healing. It's not a solo job. If you wanna be thorough, everything that you're experiencing in your own life can be mapped back to an original ancestral wound and ancestral wisdoms on how to deal with it. So the ancestral wisdom on how to heal besides the elevation of the ancestors and the clearing of in my lineage around this, which is beautiful work. I just sat back and let them do what they were doing to be like, oh, we need to clean this up because it's affecting her and others. The other part is the ancestral wisdom on how to heal this was to trust what people say to me. When they do acknowledge me, I need to trust that their words are actually true. That is a decision I'm making mentally in my mind, regardless to anything else. Take what is good, leave what is left, believe them. The So I think I mentioned this recently in a, an IG Live in a clubhouse session I did yesterday actually, and that is that ancestral healing, usually they'll always tell you what the antidote is, what the medicine is. And I've noticed that the antidote is either doing the exact same thing, like leaning into something or doing the exact opposite. And so for me, not thinking that I can trust people when they acknowledge me, but also wanting the acknowledgement, particularly not trusting men when they acknowledge me, but wanting the acknowledgement, um, was to lean into trusting men. 
while they're doing the energy work and the lineage around this and protecting me, let me practice bringing that, embodying that new energy in my body so that it's settling and metabolizing in my energy field and in my beliefs and in my body and how I'm moving. The other times you need to do the exact opposite, you know, and I don't know what that would have looked like in this particular scenario. Maybe it was, you don't need to trust anyone but yourself. You don't need to acknowledge anyone but yourself, which is something that I also do. But if you're looking to do ancestral healing for the sake of a future that's beyond your years on this earth, you definitely cannot strong arm your ancestral healing and your personal development journey. If you want this healing to pay forward in your children's children's children and to have great social and cultural change, you're going to have to get in relationship with ancestors so they can get stuff at the core. As I said, that's the reason why I don't quite subscribe to that seven generations forward and seven generations back saying, you know, that quote, simply because one, that comes from culture that has rituals and things in place, ways of operating that makes that to be true. And most of us are not part of that culture and that lineage. Second is me doing my healing doesn't uh, override the sovereignty, the desires of ancestors and generations before. They have a choice on if they want to elevate or take on the healing. Thirdly, that's a lot of work. Me doing everything that I'm doing, processing all of their harms and their hurts through my body, no wonder we're exhausted. No wonder we need pleasure as healing, right? Because we're exhausted. So I'm not interested in strong arming my healing or my ancestral healing journey. Um, I am down for collaborating, which is finding the healers and the coaches who can hold space for you, the retreats, the rituals, the sister circles, the gatherings, the covens, the spiritual house, whatever. You need to find the people who you're collaborating with, your therapists, right, to help you get into this work, your somatic healers, um, your energy channelers, all of that. Get your whole, get your squad, squad up, right? Then you need to gather and be in relationship with all the parts of yourself. There's different parts of you. They would say personalities or sub-personalities or parts of your personality that you need to get familiar with because they're going to come up. Oh, am I really going to go into this, y'all? Yes. Just a little bit? Yes, a little bit. Okay. You're going to go into all these different parts of yourselves that are coming up because they've been developed in order to protect you and to hold these different wounds and to be able to function in this world based on ancestral wounds and your personal needs. For example, I have a researcher in me. She loves to get in the internet, get into books, find different things to prove someone wrong and herself right. She does it to protect herself. She does it because there were people who would try to tell her things that she could feel in her spirit weren't true. And she was like, if I can find the information to prove this, or I can protect my mind. And I've come from a lineage of other people who were researched out of nowhere. They will pop up and be like, no, no, here's the truth. <laughs> and let's connect the dots. That's the reason why I'm connecting the dots. That's the reason why personal development, ancestral healing and conscious business go together for me. But we'll talk about that another time. A point I want to make that is misconstrued is that sometimes Oftentimes, we believe that the quality of our life reflects the healing that's happening, especially in this coaching world. 
they'll be like your mindset has shifted and now you have money so now you're healed and you're great and everything is great and you have an online business and meanwhile you're depressed you're overworked you're afraid you don't trust your voice you're on the brink of a breakdown the quality of your life isn't necessarily contingent on your parents or your family members but the depth of your healing absolutely does what does that mean it means if you really want to make smart goals see your dreams get a coach make a timeline take action buy programs you can change the quality of your life and your parents your lineage has nothing to do with that or you can create separation and we know that because how many times have we watched a movie where the person came from nothing and now they're like a multi-millionaire a billionaire no one knows their past right they have severed their background from being poor or being um, undereducated or being marginalized or whatever it is, being a regular old person. And now they are moving forward in the quality of life that they want. However, the quality and the depth of your healing absolutely is contingent upon your family and your family members and not necessarily those that are alive and in direct relationship you don't have to go to family therapy with them you don't have to go into spiritual ritual with them you don't have to tell them you're doing ancestral healing but in order to get the depth of core healing for yourself and for them you'll have to get into the lineage stuff they are interrelated i saw a quote by this guy that i reposted that was like your mother's wounds how did he go let me pull it up so i can reference it properly properly he goes your mother your mother wound deserved to be healed your mother wound deserves to be healed regardless of what your mother went through as a child yes it does deserve to be healed regardless of what your mother went through as a child but guess what as you heal your mother wound to really get into it at the core level so that it doesn't repeat in future generations you're going to learn about your mother's mother wound at least from your context from your vantage point to get into your mother wound you can get into your mother's 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 all the way back as far as you can until you find an ancestor who was like what there's a mother wound oh no no that's not even how we roll let me show you how we used to do it that's what we're doing when i'm talking about ancestral healing i'm glad i was able to find that um maybe i'll link it in the show notes too there's so many things I see on the internet that I'm like, I have a point of view on this. Do I need to respond? And I'm like, Ugh, I don't have time for that. And in some cases, the quality of your life is absolutely contingent on your family of origins and inheritance. Um, sometimes we cannot create quote unquote separation in order to increase the quality of life or you're improving the quality of your life and you are feel inclined to bring your people along with you which is very challenging, let me tell you. I know this to be true for myself. What I believe is we all have a point in our journeys where we do need to go alone, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that we're still, we're strong arming our healing. We just need to have space to come into our own energy and our own sovereignty and our own clarity about our healing path. And you cannot do that when family members are, you know, imposing their beliefs and telling you you're crazy and what are you doing on the other side of the world? What do you mean backpacking? What do you mean you're gonna quit your job? What do you mean you're gonna take a week off? What do you mean? We don't do that. You can't do that, da da da, but this and we need this and my children, that all that stuff. Sometimes you need to create separation so that you can go deeper, so that you can hear hear your spirits for your healing 
hear your own spirit for your healing, for the quality of your life to improve, right? So a lot of times we will focus on the deep desire for the healing and the breakthrough, even though we're harboring on what's happening right now, what's stopping the obstacles that we are currently in, the challenges we're experiencing, and we forget about the journey in between. So the in-between what you desire and where you are is what you're calling your people in to heal. It's a journey no matter what. I think that's the whole takeaway here. Like we cannot fast forward into the healing. It's going to be forever. Someone asked me on Instagram this past week, how do you know when you're healed? And I'm like, I believe the answer is twofold. One, we're always going to be healing. There's always a deepening in it. There's always going to be something Sometimes I'll call back in ancestors and put them in the healing chamber or their healing space with the older ancestors to go through another healing round, another upgrade of energy, right? Because while we're healing ourselves and we're healing our ancestors or elevating our ancestors, we're also in this world that's holding the energies that we're washing out. So it's easy to get re-inflicted by the energies in which you are healing from. And as soon as that happens, we then go into a space of holding those same things yet again, and it's still happening. So it's really important to get into the maintenance and holding boundaries and being aware of, I think healing has actually happened and then will continue to happen, but it's happened when you can sit back and identify what's playing out in your life and in your everyday interactions that in a way that you do not get hooked into them again if that makes sense. So I wanna make a really clear point of differentiation that happens when you're doing personal development work and ancestral healing work, which again, by doing ancestral healing work, you're doing personal development work. In personal development, I often have said, and you will see this all over the internet, you can't do the same thing wanting different results. You have to change in order to see change, right? Old tricks don't open new doors. You have to be different. And that's true in personal development. And ancestral healing, it's also true, but then there's also the nuance of we need to reclaim the old wisdoms in order to heal what is not serving us. So we don't want to perpetuate and do the same things, wanting something different in either scenarios, in your personal mindset, behaviors, thoughts, interactions, and also perpetuating old things over and over again with ancestors and you don't realize it or you do. And there's also give me the old things that we have forgotten. That's going to help me not do the same things over and over again. So there's a nuance here. Um, I'm going to repost something that I wrote a while ago on Instagram. It was literally old ways don't open new doors, but the old ways of wise ancestors, elevated, rested ancestors will open new doors for you and for me. So context matters. Ancestral reverence, ancestral wisdoms, ancestral healing is old as fuck. So is ancestral elevation, helping your ancestors move from one space or another. That was through prayers. It was through reverence once upon a time, but I think we have too much baggage right now and unprocessed stuff and centuries of non-reverence um, and veneration that that alone, in my opinion, is not going to elevate the way that we need to and mass scale that is necessary. So 
that's where elevation of moving them from one state to another is needed. And I'll tell you before, yes, reverence, yes, veneration used to do it. Also grieving would do it. Let me just cry and say that you were loved and that you were missed and I hope you're in a better space and this is my intention of uplifting your name may you be met by our other old ancestors like that was enough we've got so many people to do that for right now so context does matter reverence without elevating doesn't necessarily help the bigger picture the again transforming of the ancestors so holding the old ways of trauma turned into wisdom most cases this is an important point won't help you explore a new way that frees up space to resolve the trauma and let me break that down for you there are old ways of surviving that is informed by trauma experiences of the ancestors and so those ways of surviving has now turned into wisdom you know how many times do we have a grandmother or someone that's like, mm -mm, I know what's going to happen. Don't do that. Don't, mm -mm. which was true. They were protecting us. They were protecting you. They were protecting me. Their wisdom of their experiences helped them survive. However, embedded in that wisdom was don't be visible. Don't be seen. Don't be proactive. Wait for them to come to you. It was based in fear. And if we want to get free, those wisdoms are not going to work for us in that way. We have to be able to unpack the wisdoms of ancestors in the old ways, separate what was trauma and what is actually embedded with the energy of freedom and your birthright. That is a whole delicious word right there. Because a lot of times I see it by people I deeply respect. They'll drop these gems and I'm like, but underneath the energy is fear. It's play small, protect your back, protect your neck. I'm about to move in this world where no matter what happens, I'm always going to bounce back. I'm always going to be taken care of. Even if this is a big, bold statement, even if what happens results in death of this lifetime, I know I'm living on the other end. I've completed my task and I'm moving on to the next life and I'm serving from the other realm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I deeply want. I want us to not heavy lift our healing. You know, there's no need to be graspy. It's better to be open instead of grabbing, to receive the wisdoms of wise ancestors, to make that connection and be able to take your time unraveling, unweaving, detangling these intricacies of these wounds and these wisdoms woven together. And you can't do it alone, nor should you. Who the fuck wants to do this shit alone? There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of happiness. There's a lot of opening. There's a lot of shifting. There's a lot of seeing the ways we've continued to hold stuff that isn't our fault. Let's do it in community. Yeah? That's what I want. In community with your ancestors, community with your people, community with yourself, community with each other on this collective healing for your freedom and my freedom. So I hold a fire towards the possibilities and the things, all the things that we have to let go of and work on in order to actualize them in our personalized and in the collective through this work there's so many things that can be touched on and we're going to be exploring that and healing is happening if you want to learn about this new group ancestral healing and coaching cohort that's going to be starting february 6th for the early birds and march 6th for everyone else definitely head over to um, the link in the show notes it's bit.ly backslash healing is happening 
and you will be able to get on the early bird list. You'll be able to get all the emails and all the information as we're doing intake right now. And in this program, we're going to be moving through each month a theme that you can explore with your ancestors and your own healing. So I'll be facilitating ancestral connection, opening the portals, guiding you through um, and group experience. And then we'll have separate sessions for processing questions, integration, all of the coaching things that helps you live the healing that your people are giving you around these different themes and whatever else you bring to the table. So if you're interested, definitely reach out, come through, ask questions, repost this episode. I love to see online what resonated with you about it. And until then, may you be well. May you continue on your journey with courage and compassion. Hey y'all, if you like this episode of It's Still Happening podcast, I would love to hear about it and see it all across the interwebs, okay? So you can find me at Ash Inspires on Instagram, on Facebook, and hey, Ash Inspires on Twitter. Go ahead and tag me and, you know, tell me, share with people what inspired you, what did my message stir up, and what are you thinking, what you're going to do about it? I'd love to know. And if you want to get more intimate with me, feel free to visit my website at ashleyjohns.com. Till then, be well.